Welcome to the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, and so grateful to share this story with you. As we continue to grow the HSCT Warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. We're so glad you've joined us. For me, and I think for a lot of other people, it it's kind of fun sharing your story and mm. um, maybe help helping helping others who are investigating a similar path. And uh, indeed, so let's get started then. Welcome, Matt. So, thank you. Yeah, it's, happy to be here. I'm happy to connect with you. So why don't we start with your diagnosis story? Yeah, so it was 2009. I was 25. I had just recently graduated from college with my undergraduate degree from the University of Utah. And, you know, if you think of a recent college graduate, you think of somebody who's kind of, you know, ready to tackle the world and mm. kind of, you know, looking forward to the to their future. And um, for me, I, you know, didn't have a job lined up after after school and um, wasn't exactly sure what my next step was, what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to go back to school and get a graduate degree, but wasn't exactly sure, you know, in, in what. And um, I had moved back home with my parents. And so I tell people when I was diagnosed, I was unemployed, living at home with my parents. Mm. And uh, you know, this was before I met my wife. So I wasn't dating anybody, was not married at the time. And um, I started having some weird symptoms. And uh, the first thing I noticed was um, I actually had a friend visiting me from from the West Coast. And we were had taken a day trip to Philadelphia. And we were coming back on a bus from Philadelphia to... Um, to the Washington DC, Northern Virginia area where my parents lived. Mm. And, um, it, it felt like my head was spinning, you know, my equilibrium was off. Um, I just could, could tell something, something was off. And, um, a couple of days later, we were on a day trip to New York city. And I noticed that every time that I looked to my left, I saw two of every, you know, I developed double vision. Oh, wow. And so that double vision persisted for about uh, a little over a month wow. uh, before spontaneously resolving on its own. But but in that time span, I was, of course, um, I think I, I first went to an ophthalmologist who couldn't determine what was going on. Then I went to an ear, nose and throat specialist. I thought I might have an inner ear infection. Mm. They couldn't figure out what was going on. I then went to a neuro-ophthalmologist, also could not figure out what was going on. Um, but some, I think shortly after I was referred to a neurologist, had an MRI. Uh, they found a lesion on my brain stem, which ultimately led to my diagnosis. Mm. Um, and I, I was fortunate in that, you know, from the from my symptom onset until diagnosis was a relatively short period. Yeah. I mean, it, it was um, maybe six weeks. Um, That's really quick. 
Yeah. It's still frustrating but, to meet with those specialists that are not mm-hmm. right sure what's going on. Right. I had one eye doctor, I, I think it was the ophthalmologist or maybe it was the ENT actually tell me, well, one of your eyes is, is slightly higher than the other. So maybe that could be causing this double vision. Wow. Um, right. Wow. That's somewhat shocking to me. Right. Um, so, so at the time that I was diagnosed, I was 25. I had no family history of MS. Um, I didn't really know anything about the disease. Um, didn't really know what to expect. I, of course, um, went online and tried to educate myself and, and began reading as much as I could about MS. And then, you know, the more that I read, the more concerned and kind of uncertain and uh, scared I felt about my future. Mm, sure. And so, I, yeah, I, I remember kind of feeling like, you know, here I am, I'm 25, I've got my, the rest of my life in front of me. And um, it almost felt like, you know, my life was ending right as it should be beginning because oh, wow. I, I, I started thinking, you know, well, am I going to be able to hold down a job and, you know, have a career? Um, am I going to be able to get married and, you know, have a family? Um Am I going, you know, what will MS do to my body? Am I going to be able to remain active and, you know, ski and play basketball and do those things that I love to do? Oh, valid Um, concerns or or thoughts. Right. Mm. Um, That's a lot for a 25-year-old, I think. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I... So what what were your greatest supports at that time? How did you work through everything? Um my family, my parents were huge supports, you know, at the time being unemployed, I, I was still covered. Um, this was 2009. I, my health insurance, I was covered under Obamacare under my, um, your parents, my, right, my, my, my dad's insurance, but I was about to age out of that. Mm-hmm. And so the, my neurologist at the time was basically nice enough. He's like, well, I'm, I'm not going to give you an official diagnosis because I see that your health insurance, you're about to not have any health insurance. Oh, wow. And, um, he's like, yeah, you, you want to get that figured out. And, um, so I, I explored different, you know, drug therapies to start. And in the end, um, I actually stumbled upon, um, Matt Embry's website called MS Hope right. and the Best Bet Diet. And I, I opted to take a more natural approach. And um, I have uh, had MS for 13 and a half years, and I've never taken a DMT. Well, good for you. And, and I'm, I'm a huge believer in, you know, diet and exercise and that it can play a significant role in managing your, your disease course. And, um, Diet and exercise supplements, you know, stress management, daily sunlight exposure. Mm. Those are the things that have been huge for me in managing my symptoms. That's incredible, truly, and encouraging, right? Because I think a lot of people think maybe this is just some fad, right? But to have somebody share their story of efficacy, um, Right. And I mean, they, they've done studies which have proven that diet does play a, a role in, in MS for sure. As does stress, 
Because I, I mean, I can only imagine how stressful that must have been to be aging out of insurance, not sure of what path to take and facing the possibility of these really expensive DMTs that may or may not work for you. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, reading about the inefficacy of a lot of the DMTs, you know, that some of them have been shown that they help slow disease progression, but then, you know, others kind of start that carousel where they get prescribed one DMT and then they fail that one and then they jump to the next one and then they fail that one. And just the more that I looked into DMTs, the more I was like, oh, I'm going to try a more natural approach first and see how that works. And, um, I never really looked back until HSCT, um, uh, and um, yeah, yeah, diet diet's been huge for for me. And I, I still, I mean, I've been gluten, dairy, legume, soy free for the last ten plus years. Um, nice. Yeah. Very encouraging. So, how did you stumble upon HSCT, and what led you to pursue it? If you were taking the natural course, if you will. Yeah. So I've I've always been somebody who's been extremely interested in, you know, MS and my own disease and, you know, what causes MS. It's crazy that it's been around a disease like, like MS has been around so long and they still don't, can't pinpoint what causes it. They just, you know, know it's a combination of genetic and environmental factors. Um, and so I'm, I'm constantly doing research. I'm reading the latest, you know, studies and trials and, um, trying to stay on top of, you know, what's going on within the, within the you know, MS community and joined lots of Facebook groups. And, um, I think, I don't know, remember exactly where I first stumbled upon HSCT, but it was obviously online, just, um, you know, probably an article popped up and, um, the more that I read about it, the, the more it seemed like, you know, this is the most effective treatment mm-hmm. uh, for MS. And unlike DMTs, may actually permanently halt disease progression rather than just slow it down. And the the, the more that I read about it, I, I read, you know, I joined the, the Facebook group and I read other people's stories with, you know, having HSCT. And I actually put a, a survey, it's like a 15-question survey together, and then I sent it to as many people uh, as I could who had had HSCT um, with an MS diagnosis, and I was able to get great feedback from that. And, um, you know, it, it was it's kind of a, a go big or go home approach, right? Yeah, I had gone <laughs> so long, I had gone so long without putting any type of drug i had never even taken a steroid or 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 anything i had gone completely natural for so long and um i kind of came to the conclusion that okay i've I've had ms for you know 12 to 13 years my symptoms have remained very minor i i did so so well for so long i had never even had a steroid and it, it worked really well for me but you know, I'm I'm a realist. I understand that MS is a progressive disease, that it's an unpredictable disease, and that you know a a, a flare or an exacerbation can hit at any moment, right? And that sometimes you know that can result in in permanent damage. And um, I I think I 
a majority of, of MS patients, you know, transition from primary or for, from prime, or sorry, from relapsing remitting to secondary progressive in that, you know, 10 to 20 year post-diagnosis sure. range. And so I realized I was kind of, you know, within that range. And I, the, the more that I looked into HSCT, the more I was like, you know, if, if I'm going to take anything or put any harmful drug in my body, I'm going to take a go big or go home approach. And I'm going to put the most effective, hard hitting, um, you know, one time right. drug in, in, in my body. And we're going to, um, going to try to try to stomp this out. Um, Nice. So where did you decide to go? I went down to Puebla and uh, I did actually meet with a neurologist. I live in California and I, I met with a neurologist at Stanford and he's actually the, um, the principal investigator for the BMS trial. Oh, right. Um, but of, of course I didn't qualify. That has some no. pretty uh, stringent qualifications that you need to meet. Um, Indeed. I think you, you have to been, have been diagnosed within the last 10 years. You have to have failed, I think, at least two DMTs. So I was ruled out of that trial. Mexico seemed like my best option. Sure. And so when did you, when did you go to Puebla? Yeah, I went down in July of 2020, actually in June of 2022. So I was down there from the end of June until about the middle of July. Okay, so you were diagnosed for quite some time. Yeah, I had had MS for 13 years mm. before going down. And so how did it go? It went well. Um, and I had talked to a lot of people who had been down there prior, and they said, you know, it's really not that bad. Um I was, you know, a lot of people are able to tolerate the treatment quite well. And so I think I kind of went down there expecting it to be a breeze, you know, for mm. some, for someone like me who only has, you know, mild symptoms, I thought, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be fine. But, you know, at the same time, it's chemotherapy and right. you know, that, that sounds scary. Well, and your body um, was so clean, right? Like, right. I'm sure the steroids and, and the chemo were a shock. And, and that was the most difficult part of the treatment for me was just knowingly, you know, pumping my body full of irradiated poison like ke that chemotherapy yeah. is. And um, it was that psychological aspect of like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm actually putting this stuff in my body. Um, well, and the steroids keep you from sleeping, right? Right. So right. It just exacerbates the mental state. Right. Yeah. My time in Pueblo was went really well. I mean, the the staff there is incredible, as I had heard before going down there. Um, there were there were definitely some rough days, though. In fact, um, you know, I I had thought it would be super easy and be kind of a, a breeze going down there, but it, it was more difficult than I had anticipated. Um, after after the first day of chemo. I had a strange side effect where it felt like my legs were turning to stone oh. and, um, and spasticity like has been a symptom that I have experienced, um, only to a minor degree in, in my left leg. Um, but, but this was unlike anything I had ever felt. Um, and it was several hours after the first round of chemo. And I remember it freaked me out and sure. I, I, I went straight to bed without dinner and I'm just like, I'm, 
I, I, but I woke up the next morning and I was fine and uh, wow. didn't come back. That's, um, that's refreshing. Yeah. And then the other big challenge was, um, the, uh, filgrastum shots, which caused bone pain. So I had one morning where I woke up at about 2 a.m. and just had this intense pulsating, throbbing pain deep within my spine, kind of um, my lower spine, almost tailbone area. Mm. Uh, and so I had one tough night where um, they came and gave me a painkiller immediately than the nurses did. but um, And that helped? Yeah, for sure. It's such an odd feeling I think it's like from the inside out your bones just ache right yep and so I had I had probably two, the the first night of that was the worst and then when sure. they yeah and then I, I had probably maybe one or two other days of kind of mild bone pain but but that's also a good sign Right, that your stem cells right. are moving out of your bone marrow into your bloodstream so they can harvest. Exactly, right. And I was able to produce, I think it was like 10 times the amount of stem cells that I, nice. it was like 1.4 billion. Nice, that's amazing. Yeah, right. Super amazing. And your experience in Puebla in general sounds like it was decently smooth. Did you have other complications other than... The bone pain and the stiffness or spasticity? Um, no, I would say those were the two kind of scarier moments during my time in Puebla. And I have nothing but good things to say about my time there, about the staff, about the facility. People. What was your most there, memorable experience? I think it was just kind of hanging out on the the rooftop with, you know, all of the other patients, just kind of, you know, getting to know them Um there were 17 people in my group. There were only a couple of other Americans. And then there were probably about five or six Norwegians and then uh, several people from Holland. It, it was just cool, you know, yeah, that's being a able long to way to travel. Yeah. Um, so definitely just kind of the community and, and, and getting to know the other patients there. And, and really the, that's the first time in my adult life that I've just, you know, had time to just kind of, you know, chill and relax and, you know, no work, no, you know, rushing the kids to sports or school or, you know, it was just really, you have somebody there taking care of you. And I went down with my dad. Um, he was my designated caregiver nice. and we, we celebrated his 70th birthday down there. So it was oh, really, wow. really cool to kind of get to hang out with him for 28 days. And, um, Yeah. That is cool. Very cool. And I um I actually so I have an identical twin brother. Oh wow. Who coincidentally also was diagnosed with MS after I was. Really? And I was the guinea pig. So he went down to Puebla and had HSCT in October. Oh wow. After seeing how you went through it. I um yeah, he he wanted me to go down first and uh <laughs> wanted to see how I how I did with the treatment before he would uh, commit to it. Fascinating. Fascinating. So have you all like done any genetic testing or studying of how you each developed MS? 
you know, we're, we're part of this um, Stanford twin registry and we're occasionally contacted for, you know, different twin studies, but um, nothing specific to MS. Although if anything came up, I mean, I, I would totally be game. Sure. It sounds um, like you've taken a research approach this entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and was yeah, that nice I mean, to have a twin like going through, you said he was diagnosed shortly after you. So was it, was it kind of comforting to have someone else going through the exact same thing, even though you probably had very different experiences? Yeah, you know, it, it is because, you know, I have somebody, you know, who not only is someone close to me, but an identical twin who I've grown up with and who I'm super close to, you know, experiencing, you know, the same things that I do. And and so we, we talk frequently over the phone about, you know, compare symptoms. Um, I probably take a more of a research approach to combating my disease than he does. So I, I, you know, I'm always giving him, him advice and, you know, letting him know, oh, you know, you know, try this or, um, but it, it definitely is, is nice having, you know, someone who you're that close to, who you can, who, you, who understands and, you know, mm. who can, uh, who you can you know, talk with and, you know, just someone who understands. Sure. Yeah. Especially if your symptoms are indeed unique, but I think that's part of the value of the podcast, right? Is just hearing, even if you find some similarity, there's feeling that sense of commonality and relating. Right. right. And we, yeah. And we do have some similar symptoms and then we have some that are, are, are different. And I was diagnosed before him, but he's actually had symptoms long going back, you know, further than I have. And so, um, so it's, it, it's it, a mystery, it, right? It's a mystery. Yeah, how it, it, the disease it is works. a mystery. And, and with identical twins, we, we were kind of unlucky in that if, if one identical twin has MS, the other one only has a 25% chance of also getting it. And so we, um, we were not lucky in that regard, but no, uh, indeed. Yeah. So, why was it important for you to participate in the podcast? Uh, I think I, you know, I, I want to be an advocate for those who have been recently diagnosed with MS, and I enjoy sharing my story. Um, I, I'm a big believer in HSCT. Um, since receiving HSCT, I mean, I, I know it, I'm still early and uh, I'm, I'm still in that roller coaster recovery period, sure. but I don't worry anymore. You know, I, I don't worry about when or if that next flare or exacerbation might hit. I don't worry about developing new MS symptoms. Um, I and, and before having HSCT, I, I, I did. Um, sure. Yeah. It was a constant, for me, it was a constant. I would wake up and think, okay, today, today's going to be better. It has to be better, but it wouldn't be better. And sometimes it'd be worse than the day before. Right. And at some point you just get so exhausted of believing because every day your body proves you wrong. Right. Yep. And, and for me, I mean, I, I was doing relatively well before going down for HSCT and, you know, you'll have a lot of people wondering, well, if you were doing so well, you know, why would you, 
go through such a risky procedure. But for me, it's all about the peace of mind. You know, now that I've had HSCT, I, I believe that my disease progression has been halted and I don't worry and I don't wake up, you know, worrying about, you know, you know, if I have some strange, you know, feeling or, or in some part of my body oh, and thinking, you know, before I used to think, oh, shoot, is that related to my right. MS? And, you know, I'm, am I beginning, is this the beginnings of a new symptom or, you know, I, I don't worry about that stuff anymore. How does that feel? I would say that's my, my superpower now is nice. peace of mind. And nice. yeah, and um, just not where you know i've i've kind of i wouldn't say that i've put ms completely behind me or that it's in my past but um i would say that i've i just don't worry as much as i used to mm. and that probably frees you up to do other things definitely and put your energy towards other things in life yeah for sure mm. getting on with living instead of dreading Exactly. Yep. So what could you offer as advice based on your experience to anyone, maybe even recently diagnosed? Um, I, I would say for those who have been recently diagnosed, you know, and MS is not, you know, a death sentence. You know, you, you can still accomplish amazing things even with it. A diagnosis like MS, um, you know the the amount of you know, treatments available today are you know so f there's so many more options from where what there used to be. And you know I'm I'm not someone who's against DMTs. I do understand that they can play an important role in slowing disease progression. But um, it's it's also amazing to see the the traction that HSCT is gaining as a, a not only a viable treatment option, but as the most effective treatment option for MS. And I think that the, the you know, conditioning regimens are only going to be con continue to be perfected. And, um, and hopefully this will be a, a treatment that is made more widely available for, for those with MS. And I, I think this may, may be the future. And, um, you know, if, if not, you know, there, there's so many different studies going on currently and I'm, I'm optimistic and hopeful that there will be a cure found for MS uh, in my lifetime. And so I, I, so I, optimistic. Yeah. And, and so for those who are maybe considering HSCT, I, I would say go for it. Um, I know that, you know, all of the, I've spent a year researching this procedure and, mm -hmm. um, and, and talking to others who had, have received it. And I, I can say that even though I'm still early on uh, in my recovery, I have no regrets and um, believe that my disease has been halted. And found peace of mind as a result exactly, of it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yep. Amazing indeed. And so your brother went in October, you mentioned? He did, yeah. And how's he feeling? He is doing well. Um, so some of his MS symptoms are a little bit more severe than mine. He um, he gets dizzy. He has whenever he gets overheated, or if he's 
you know, engaging in, in sport or physical activity, um, he'll get dizzy. And so he went down to Mexico, you know, really hoping that HSCT would kind of cure him of this dizziness. Um, and unfortunately, it hasn't done that, at, at, at least at this point. He's still, you know, very early in his recovery. But, right. Um, but the point is to halt progression. So, right. Right. Yeah. We don't know where lesions land and, and how those lesions impact us. It's hard to map that, right? So whatever lesion he incurred that's causing the dizziness, who knows? Right. And, and, and and obviously just like you mentioned, I'm the, the purpose of HSCT is to halt progression and not uh, repair any damage, which has already been incurred. But, um, I guess, I guess he was still hopeful that I, and, and he did, he had amazing after the births, after the chemo, he had some amazing results and, I, I, and I think which have remained in that, um, cognitively he, he, his mind just feels clear, um, now after he's had HSCT. The brain um, fog can be real. And I, right. I could certainly benefit or listeners might benefit if I were to interview him. So I don't mean to rob you of you sharing your story. Um, but why don't, you share even some of your symptoms. I know you managed things well with your natural clean diet approach, right? Matt Embry approach. Um, yeah. So what were your symptoms like before HSCT um, for those 13 years? Gee whiz, that's a long time. Right. Yeah. So um, the first symptom which led to my diagnosis that I already mentioned was the double vision, which went away and has not come back. But more common symptoms, which occasionally will will come up are numbness and tingling, especially in my hands, like if I'm taking a hot shower. The left side of my body has been more affected by MS. So my left leg, I'll have a lot of um, muscle tightness and some spasticity. And um, I guess my neurologist referred to it as a popcorn skin or fasciculations where my muscles are kind of, you know, jumping. Mm. Um I have Laramite sign where if I put my chin to my chest, I get this weird sensation, which on through all my nerve endings, which kind of runs down my legs and my arms. Um, and then, you know, I, I have, um, I have to pee a lot more than I used to. Mm. Um, so some urinary bladder stuff. Like bladder spasticity. Um, yeah. So for, and fortunately no incontinence, but, um, just, you know, having to, um, having the urge to use the bathroom right. so much more than I used to. Oh my gosh. Um, I had that before HSCT to where like, I'd even go to the bathroom so frequently, but then like nothing would happen. It wasn't even that I had to go. My bladder was empty. I just like my muscles were tricking my brain into thinking I needed to go and it was maddening. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't heard of that, but, um, five and a half yeah. years out, that's, that's totally resolved. Nice. Yeah. I, I've noticed, um, improvements. I haven't had Laramites, um, since HSCT nice. at all. Um, the numbness and the tingling in my hands, it still comes a little bit, but has not been bad. Um, 
I was worried about um, spasticity because I, I had heard of a couple of people who, after HSCT, had actually had increased spasticity, but but mine's been better. Excellent. Um, yeah, chemo can complicate that for people. Right, right. Um, and yeah, I mean, my, my hair is back now. It's darker and it's curlier than it used to be. Mm-hmm, right. Um, and I, I've... Yeah, I, I would say symptomatically, I'm a little bit better than I was before going down for HSCT. And my EDSS, when I went down, they put me as a 1.5. They do an evaluation mm-hmm. when you're when you're down there, and I would say that I'm maybe a I'm maybe a one now. I mean, that's nice. just a guess, but yeah. Nice. So are there any tough decisions you face right now with recovery? Um, you know, I'm for the first six months and I'm a little over six months now, mm-hmm. so I, I'm no longer taking the antibiotic or antiviral. Um, I've been cleared to eat raw foods and go swimming. Um, you know, I've just, I came home from, from Mexico and, really just tried to jump back into my normal routine and I don't really have any regrets with that I mean I I was I went back to work immediately working remotely for the first few weeks and then went back into the office and um, I think it actually helped me it kind of you know helped me keep my mind off of kind of some of the challenges of recovery and um, helped me just kind of get back into the swing of things and uh and I, I have in my recovery period, I did I have had some setbacks. I had COVID. Oh, boy. And then I had, uh, I had, let's see, I had COVID in November. And then I got diagnosed with influenza A Yikes. in December. And then last month I had an ear infection. Goodness. Is, uh, yeah. But my body has... My, my immune system, which is, you know, still relatively new and recovering, has been able to fight all of it off. I mean, I, I had COVID previously a, a year and a half ago, and um, the second bout of COVID was was better. I mean, it wasn't as bad. And I, I mean, I had cold-like symptoms for a couple of days and then um, felt better. That's fortunate. Yeah. Very good news. Influenza A is no fun. No, that yeah, <laughs> that actually, um, I had a spiked a fever of um, a hundred and four, oh, and wow. uh, they tell you when you're recovering from HSCT that if you spike a fever, you need to go in immediately. So I had already met my deductible for the year, so I just went straight to the ER, mm. and they hooked me up to an IV and um, taking Motrin and Tylenol, the fever. Uh, finally came down and it, yeah, that was, it was a, a few days of just kind of taking it easy. Sure. Did you let the hospital know you had just had HSCT? Yeah. Yep. And so they, did they know what to do with you? Um, was it at Stanford? Because my friend is no. a nurse <laughs> in, uh, uh, at Stanford. You know, I was actually on vacation, and it was in Park City, Utah. Okay, uh, but I don't um, know. I don't know any nurses there. Yeah, um, I, 
they they were able to bring the feet down pretty quick and then uh, i think after that came down we were all kind of like okay this is Breathing uh, a little real, easier right yeah and you know your superpower peace of mind hopefully helped yeah for sure yeah and i'm i and I, i've i've been back for the um the cbc the the routine blood work and um my my level my blood levels white blood cell counts have uh, come back they're still a little bit low but i think they're just barely within the standard range on the very low end and so i mean i th- that's proof that my you know immune system is rebuilding and um getting stronger and so um right my white cells still seem to be on the low end but okay we're treating that as an indication that they're not overacting to fight something right. off right that <laughs> they're yeah just chill yeah. and everything's good yeah yeah hopefully that's yeah, the case yeah and i know that they numbers can jump around for even up to a year or more after treatment but um you know and after having covid and the flu and this ear infection and I, i've been able to see that my body is capable and my immune system is capable of fighting all of these you know infections off and so yeah that that gives me confidence moving forward for sure oh yeah for sure that that is truly incredible to recognize how capable your body really is right so other than family and your diet uh, what are the other essential components of just your experience with hsct that have been helpful um I mean I I think HSCT like I said I I think it it's currently the most effective treatment for people with MS. I I think it's our best bet. Um you know a lot of those D- DMTs may be somewhat effective at slowing disease progression but um I think for me I I wanted something a little bit more and wanted something you know with with more proven results and reading over the the results which have come back from clinica ruiz i think something like 85% of of patients um well they have an 85% success rate and so mm, sure um that's very encouraging yeah so i i think that um HSCT was successful for me. I know I'm still early, but um, yeah, I like I said, I I don't worry as much as I used to, and um, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that I can continue on with the rest of my life. You know, doing those things that I love to do. You know, I've got three little boys at home, ages three to eight, wow. and um, want to you know be active with them and. Um, you know, be there for them as they grow up. And so I, I just don't, don't worry about my future as much as I used to. And I think that HSCT, that that's the bottom line. It's just given me that peace of mind. Mm. Is there anything you're grateful for about your experience with HSCT that has gone unspoken? Well, I mean, I think I'm, you know, I've, I've looked at my MS diagnosis and I've, I've said in the past that MS has actually kind of been a blessing in disguise in that 
it's caused me to really focus on what's important and has caused me to, you know, never take my health for granted mm-hmm. or, or the time that I have, um, you know, with good health, um, for granted. And, um, yeah, I've, it's kind of, you know, kicked me into gear and, and, and made me realize that, you know, I'm, I'm not waiting for the future to, you know, travel or, or do, you know, cross off these bucket list items, you know, I'm going to do as much as I can and kind of, you know, take advantage of the, the, the good health, uh, you know, what I'm able to do right now. Mm. And, uh, I think HSCT will hopefully, you know, allow me to do that for the rest of my life, you know, focus on, on what's important and, um, allow me to, I guess, just be there for my family, for my kids as they get older. Mm, Get on with living. Yep. Brilliant. Well, it's been delightful connecting with you and hearing your very unique story as a twin um, and and learning more about your path that was relatively mild, right? Thanks to your dedication to eating well, sunshine, exercise, resting, managing stress. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I imagine you'll continue with those practices. I Definitely will. Yeah. I, um, I ref any, anybody who's been recently diagnosed, I, I refer them to the MS hope website because I'm a, a huge believer in that, in that protocol. And I'm a huge believer that diet and exercise and sunlight exposure, you know, making sure that your vitamin levels are where they should be. I'm, and then stress management. I'm, I'm a huge believer that that can have a very positive, um, outcome and can, you know, play a significant role in, in managing MS and uh, symptoms associated with MS. Absolutely. It sounds Um, like 25 year old Matt pretty well figured things out. I'd say 25 year old Matt did really well with his diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, I realized that, you know, I, I want to do whatever I can to learn as much about this disease and um, do whatever I can to stay healthy for as long as I can. And so, um, yeah, and I, yeah, I, I enjoy being an advocate and, you know, trying to help others who are in a similar position, maybe recently diagnosed and, you know, share with them, you know, what I've learned through my own research. And I, I really appreciate, um, you know, this podcast and, and you, uh, you know, having having others on the show and you know it was a played such a huge role in in my decision to ultimately uh go after hsct oh wow that's great to hear and i appreciate you paying it forward right that you're helping others just navigate their way right yeah we've, we're all in this together and we've you know we've got to help each other out absolutely it's great to connect with you likewise and of course, I want to invite you to volunteer with us. Yeah, for sure. Any any way that I can help or or be involved, I'm I'm game. I'm definitely. That's amazing. You're amazing. Your story is amazing, and I really appreciate you sharing it with others here on the podcast. Well, thank you, thank you for giving me the platform. Those birds are having a heyday. <laughs> <laughs> 
They are, yeah. Fortunately, I, I live in California where the climate is warm, relatively warm year round. And uh, yeah, my, my, I have three little kids inside the house. And so I felt that it would be better to take the call outside. <laughs> sure, that makes total sense. And so how about you get on with living and enjoying time with your kids today? I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank us. you so much. Thank you yeah, so much, Jen. So take good care, Matt, and uh, be well. You as well. And I thank hope you. your brother continues to find wellness through yep. his recovery. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Be sure to visit hsctwarriorspodcast.org, where you can find notes from today's episode submit ideas or feedback, and connect with resources and the HSCT Warriors Incorporated nonprofit. As always, special thanks to musical genius Billy Alitzhauser for sharing his superpowers to create, soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. It has been amazing to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment to connect with us on Instagram or share this episode with someone you know that would enjoy listening. In the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Well, Jen Stansberry Koenig and the producers disclaim medical influence and responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. If you think you have a medical problem, please contact a licensed physician and take good care of.